Good morning, good morning, good Sunday morning to you on this beautiful last day of January. Would you believe it? We're in the first month, but it's the last day of the first month. My God, time has flown by so quickly this year. This is the first fruit Sunday, so this is a day where we're going to rejoice in Him. We're going to worship Him, uh, Lord, with our, with our time, talent, and treasure. We're going to celebrate His Word, His grace, His favor. We're going to remind ourselves that He is first in our lives, and we're going to begin with some wonderful worship and praise as we come together. But before we do that, I wanted to just remind you that our chat room is open now. I want to see you in chat room. Please let me know uh, that you're there. Let me know that you're there with your family members, you and three, you and four, um, whatever the number might be. We really look forward uh, to sensing your presence. Also, at the same time, let's dialogue together in chat room while we're going through the service, through times of worship, through the Word. Uh, in case you have any prayer uh, requests, please feel free to put them down. We'll make sure we pray for you and with you. If there's any visitors that you have invited, this is the time now to go to Facebook and let your friends know. Just like and share so that they can also be aware that the service has begun, okay? So in case you invited anybody, uh, just call them up and let them know, listen, service has begun. Praise God. So let's uh, uh, all come together and worship together. Let me pray with you and we'll begin worship. Father, thank you for this beautiful brand new day. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it, my Father. Thank you, Lord God, that we, as the body of Christ, can come together in the virtual sanctuary and worship you together. Because we're not limited to walls, my God. We're not limited, my Father. Hallelujah. We are church without walls. So I so do appreciate those that are meeting us, Lord God, they're gathering with us, my Lord, uh, whether it be North Carolina, whether it be Florida, whether it be Texas, where, whether it be Chicago, Lord God, other parts of New York. Father, thank you, uh, my God, that your blessing is upon each and every one of us in our homes, where we work, um, while we're driving. Thank you that you are with us. You never leave us nor forsake us. So Lord, uh, we're going to gather together to worship you uh, as a church family. We pray you presence be a mighty uh, today in our homes. I pray that your healing anointing will come upon each and every person as they worship you today. May your presence give them peace, joy, hope, uh, passion, uh, boldness in the Holy Ghost. My Father, passion, may it return to them. My Father, as we worship you, may your passion come upon us, my Lord. Passion for your presence, a love for you, my God, like never before. May this be the year that we truly, uh, with all of our hearts, put you first, my God. May you be first in our lives. We pray all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Let's go into the time of worship now. I'll see you there. that I am, with everything that I have. 
I will give him my best worship today because he is worthy. Somebody say, with everything. With everything we will worship you, Lord Jesus. With everything, every aspect of our life. With everything that we own. All of our desires. All of our aspirations, Lord. We will worship you. Tremble 
love him this morning? I said, do you love him this morning? Shout! 
so easy to say that we're followers of Christ. And yet sometimes we still carry stuff with us that he's asked us to put down. And all the while, he just wants to make our burden lighter. He wants us to put the suitcases down of our old habits, our old behaviors, our old lifestyles, old thoughts that held us down. He just wants us to put it down and follow him. So he's, it's much easier to keep up with him that way. so easy to just say, yes, Lord, I'm all yours, but let me hold on to this. And oh yeah, this is, this is kind of important.
Blessed be the name of the Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Your praise will ever be on my Praise the Lord. Praise him. When we praise God, it should be as easy, easy as breathing from our own lips. Understand that. When we praise, when we give God the praise, then it should be as easy as breathing from our own lips. Imagine that. There's nothing hard. Praising our Lord and Savior. Come on, sing it. Together. Praise will 
Praise God. That was wonderful. I so appreciate being able to worship the Lord with each and every one of you. I also appreciate the comments that I've read thus far in the chat room. Please feel free. Join us in the chat room. I want to know that you're there. Let us know what you think, um, any prayer requests, anything the Lord is showing you. We want to know. I want to know, and uh, also those that are in the chat room want to know. We have a lot of brethren there, and uh, your words and your thoughts, they bless each and every one of us. So let's continue to cross-pollinate um, in the chat room. And for those of you that were not able to do so before, please let us know that you're there. Uh, you know, if, in case it's you and maybe your loved ones, us and three, me and four, whatever it may be, let us know that you're in the uh, that you're in today's service. Okay, let us know through the chat room. All right, praise God. So today I wanted to talk to you a couple of minutes uh, on the power of our giving on the power of, of, of how recognized our giving is in the spirit realm. And Paul had a powerful revelation on giving. In um, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 10, he says this, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, and now at last your care for me has flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. So he was talking to the Macedonian church and he was thanking them because once again they had sent, uh, they had begun sending offerings uh, toward his ministry. And he was very, very happy about that. And he says that it, it was not that they didn't want to before, but they lacked opportunity. Something happened that they were not able to do so. And then he said this, he says, now, not that I speak in respect of want or need, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am in to be content. And he said this, he says, I know both how to be abased or have a little, and I know how to abound or have plenty. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed to be both full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Then he says this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Then he said, but notwithstanding, you've done well. You've done well that you did communicate with my affliction. In other words, that you shared by giving of tangible gifts. He says, you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me. In other words, that sent me offerings as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again unto my necessity. And then he said this, not because I desire a gift, but I desire the fruit that may abound to your account. See, so when we give, there is um, fruit that abounds to our account. God sees our giving. God records our giving, and, and He sees it, and He blesses us. Give, and you shall receive. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. God would open up the doors for you. And for the tither, the Bible says, he's the one that opens up the windows of heaven. He's the one that rebukes the devourer for our sake. That nasty devourer that, that wants to take away our finance, that wants to put us in debt, well, God rebukes him for our sake. And it says then that all people will look at you and they'll call you a delightsome land. And Paul said, I have all, I abound, I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things that were sent from you. And then look what it says about their gift. It says, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. See, it's well-pleasing to God. Our gifts are well-pleasing to God, especially when we're giving it from the heart. And it says, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory 
in Christ Jesus or by Christ Jesus. See, so when we become givers, God's the one who supplies all of our need according to his riches in glory, not according to our limited circumstances. I am expecting and declaring this year that God's going to open up doors that we haven't had to open before. Doors of opportunity, doors of finance, doors of resource, doors of being able to serve Him, doors of relationships, uh, doors of health, door, doors of healing, doors of new jobs, uh, doors that would bless you and your family. So may God supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. So let me pray as we get ready to give unto the Lord. Um, and remember, as you give, um, since we are not in the physical sanctuary, we are giving through our church uh, website, which is calvaryny.org. calvaryny.org forward slash give. calvaryny.org forward slash give okay so in during the break we have three minutes uh, we can send our tithe and offering uh, to uh, the the website that's not the first fruit that's our regular tithe and offering and so we'll do that uh, at this time all right let me pray for you father I thank you thank you Lord that you said in your scripture that our offerings are an odor of sweet smell a sacrifice acceptable well pleasing to God Thank you, Father, for that. I was so appreciated, my Lord, because many times we give and we think nobody's seeing, nobody's watching, but yet you see and you're observing and you are the one that blesses us. You're the one that remunerates us. Father, thank you for keeping that stream of resource open to us and through us. Bless your people as they get ready to release the tithe and the offering. And Lord, we're careful to give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise because you are our provider. You're the one who meets all of our need according to your riches and glory, through Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you, Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Okay, let's get ready to give.
Hello everyone. Happy Sunday. I was asked earlier this week to share something with you all and we must be obedient. Amen. About a couple of weeks ago, maybe a little bit longer, I was feeling discontent and I had fallen prey to this icky feeling, not because I'm not a grateful person, but because I had allowed myself to start to compare my life to others. I started measuring what I didn't have, haven't even accomplished or haven't done yet. And we all know comparison is the thief of joy. I wanted to share some ways that have helped me overcome this and I pray it does the same for whomever might be experiencing the same. None of these things that I was concerned about mattered or continue to matter. In this realization, I had to repent to the Lord for being consumed with these things. Despite what social media paints this picture of, success is not measured by material things. It is measured by things that cannot be measured like strength, health, love, family, and even life itself. If you're work, walking in integrity and you're doing what you have to do to live, you have more than you think. Sometimes the only encourager who can get through to you is you. And I want to share what may help you be an encouragement to yourself. It was in 1 Samuel where David encouraged himself in the Lord. He didn't wait for anyone. He spoke it himself. And we must speak encouraging words over ourselves. Amen. And so the first thing is remember where God has brought you from and what God has brought you through. Falling into discontent often happens when we forget where God has brought us from. Remember in Exodus 16, when some time had passed and the Hebrews started to feel like their lives were better off than Egypt, God brought them out of a bad situation and they became so discontent with how things were not the way they wanted, so they wanted to go backward. Discontentment in us works just like this. Time passes after God answers one prayer and we forget that he answered that prayer. We forget and we get impatient while waiting for the current one to be answered. In order to overcome discontentment, begin to recall what God has done in your life. My second point is think about what you have to celebrate. Focus on the celebration, right? What are the positive things happening in your life right now? Maybe you finally got around to a project you've been meaning to do. Maybe you've decided to take up a new hobby or skill. Maybe you found a way to balance working from home and keeping your children engaged, right? Celebrate the small wins because truthfully, no win is ever that small. Uh, my third point is to serve someone less fortunate than you. Nothing humbles you and makes you more appreciative of your life, like seeing people struggling worse than you. There's something about serving a population of people less fortunate that is sobering and makes your problems seem so small, right? Now, I know we're in a height of a pandemic, so the opportunities to serve are not exactly the same as when we were not restricted, but there's definitely other ways that you can serve. Um, you can donate food items to a pantry like our CCF pantry. Um, you can purchase and donate books to children in hospitals. Um, there's different creative ways to serve, right? We just have to tap into them. Um, the fourth point is analyze what you're watching, listening to, and reading. More often than not, we feed ourselves with images, content, and music. It is no coincidence that as people, we start to feel unsatisfied and discontent with where we are when the music we are listening to glorifies material possessions and money, or when the content on our feeds shows these crazy-sized homes or cars, or when everything we see says you need more and more and more to be happy. Material things are not bad, but they can't satisfy your soul. Only Jesus can. And my fifth point is to write letters of encouragement to yourself, right? Write little love letters to yourself. Um little post-it notes on a daily basis which i do um because let's face it we are our biggest and longest commitment right that we'll ever have in our life the way we speak to ourselves matters 
you're relearning contentment in this era of comparison. And remember, God sees you and knows the desires of your heart and the desires you have. Don't be encouraged by where you are today and never stop holding your faith for God to answer your prayers and bring those desires to fruition. Uh, this isn't the end and the page will turn beginning a new chapter. Uh, God bless you all and I hope you have a great week. Two men bring an offering to the Lord, one of the fruit of the ground, the other the firstborn of his flock. God accepts one and rejects the other. Why? Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. The word tells us clearly that the offering Abel brought was the firstborn of his flock. But it doesn't say that Cain brought the first fruits of his crops. It simply says, in the process of time, Cain brought an offering. Cain harvested his crops and over time gathered enough to bring an offering. It was an offering on Cain's terms. God accepted Abel's offering because it was the first of his increase. Cain's offering was rejected because it wasn't the first of his. Giving the first to God requires faith. When a firstborn lamb is born in a flock, it's not possible to know how many more lambs that you might produce. But Abel gave his firstborn lamb in faith, whereas Cain made sure he had enough for himself before giving to God. Many of us treat God the same way as Cain, making sure we have enough money before we see if there's anything left for God. Even if we give from what's left over, God can't accept the offering because it's not the first fruit. Other stories emphasize this truth. In the account of the fall of Jericho, the Lord gave strict instructions that the Israelites were not to keep any of the spoils from Jericho. All of it belonged to him, the Lord declared. Jericho belonged to the Lord because it was the first city conquered in the Promised Land. It was the first fruits. God withheld his blessing from Israel when one man took some of the spoils for himself. The first belongs to God. There was much more at stake than money when Abraham offered his firstborn son Isaac. When God asked for his son, Abraham didn't wait to have ten sons before giving Isaac. He gave the first when he only had one to give. Abraham had only the promise of having more sons. It took faith for Abraham to offer Isaac, faith that God respected and blessed. And God did the same for us. He gave his first in the form of his son, his first and only begotten son, who was given to us while we were still sinners. God gave Jesus in faith that we might one day give our lives to him. The gift of his son, came before the blessing of our repentance and salvation. We give our first fruits in much the same way. Before we see the blessing of God, we give it in faith. Giving the first fruits of your income says to God, I recognize you first. I am putting you first in my life, and I trust you to take care of the rest. Praise God, that was wonderful. 
I also appreciate it when we can gather together and worship together. Julio, I appreciate so much all that you do. Hari, thank you. What would we do without you? We're so grateful. Uh, we're getting reports uh, from different parts of actually the nation um, on how people are being blessed by the presentations that um, uh, we do every single week as a church family. So just very, very grateful and thankful to you. So thank you so much. As we consider the first month of the year, this is the beginning of the year, and there's so much that needs to happen throughout the process of this year, so much that we have to do as the Lord permits and gives life and health. So I wanted to talk to you today about returning to your first love. Returning to your first love. The book of Revelation chapter 2 verses 4 and 5, it says it this way, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. He was talking to pastors in the time of, of that writing, and the truth still rings true, that God looks at our love, what we do, and he said to them, you have left thy first love, the first works, that first passion when you first came to Christ. And in the same way, a lot of us are right there. We've, we've lost our first love. We're engaged in life. We're engaged in things. We're engaged in arguments. We're engaged in disagreements. We're engaged of many of the arguments that this world produces, that the government produces, school, academia produces, our culture produces. And yet God has been kicked to the curb. Today, God is reminding us that we need to be first. When he gave Jesus on the cross, that was his absolute best. God gives us his best, and he expects the best from us. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12 through 14, it says it this way, In order that you may not grow disinterested and become spiritual sluggards, but imitators behaving as do those who, through faith, by their leaning of their entire personality on God in Christ, in absolute trust and confidence in His power, His wisdom, and goodness, and by practice of patient endurance and waiting, are now inheriting the promises. So those of us that are enduring, patiently enduring, patiently confiding and trusting in the power of God, the wisdom of God, the goodness of God, through faith, being imitators of Him, instead of being sluggards, instead of becoming disinterested in the kingdom of God, disinterested in the Word of God, disinterested in prayer. No, we follow strong and hard after Christ. The Bible says in verse 13, For when God made His promise to Abraham, He swore by Himself, since He had no greater one to swear. He said, Blessing, I will certainly bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply you. Yeah, that's that same Abram who trusted God. When God told him, give me your son Isaac, your only son, give him to me, sacrifice him to me. Yet that was the promise of God. God had told him, I'm going to bless you through that boy. And yet later on, God says, give him to me. Huh. And then just before Abraham sacrifices him, God says, no, I was just testing you. That's okay. Go get that ram in the thicket that I've provided. Go sacrifice the ram unto me. See, God was testing his heart. He just wanted to make sure that God was first. 
So why was it that God blessed Abram? Because Abraham was faithful to God no matter what. He practiced putting God first. He gave his first fruit. He gave his son. He gave his best. Abram did. Even though he actually didn't have to sacrifice him, but he was willing to do so, to sacrifice his best. Abraham gave his first fruit, his son. He gave God his best. So when we look at past generations, we realize that they sacrificed. They loved God. They served God. They saw the future, so they sacrificed for you and for me. They trusted God with all that they had, and they sacrificed. They worked together, knowing that that which they sowed would not just be for their today, but it would be for a tomorrow. See? Um, and so that allows us to be able now to take it from that place to the next level. We can stand on their shoulders and do great things. And today it's our job to sacrifice for others, to bless others, to prepare for others, to sow into a future season. But, as we well know, too many of people in God's kingdom are unwilling to sacrifice for others. They just want people to sacrifice for them. They have become spiritual scavengers, always wanting a blessing from God, always wanting a blessing from somebody else, but not caring to sacrifice for somebody around them, Lord God, have mercy. They have become spiritual sacrifice, uh, scavengers, feeding off of sacrifices of others, but producing no fruit of their own. Lord, have mercy. Help us to be those that would sacrifice for others, those that would give like God gives, those that would be trusted of God, of God Almighty in this day. It's important to know that, because what is... If what is important to God becomes important to you, then what is important to you becomes important to God. I'm going to say that one more time. If what is important to God becomes important to you, then what is important to you will become important to God. As you notice throughout the scriptures, Jesus was the greatest sacrifice. I mean, he sacrificed himself on the cross of Calvary. And throughout the scriptures, you see many kinds of sacrifices. And all these sacrifices are for others. And, and uh, when we um, honor God above honoring something tangible in our hand. Like, for example, in this day, we honor money. And many of us honor money more than God. But yet we see in Scripture that when we took tangible goods and blessed others with it and blessed God and sacrificed it to God, it would please the heart of God. Jesus himself supports these types of sacrifices because they, they, they show the obedience that one has to his word and the fact that we're putting him first. One of the examples is the widow who gave her offering, and it was only two mites. You find that in uh, Mark chapter 12. Jesus was seated in the church looking at the people giving offerings. And he was seeing people give large offerings, but yet what moved him was a widow who gave two mites. And two mites is the equivalent of something like a half a penny or something like that. But yet that moved uh, Jesus to such an extent that he called his disciples and he told them, look, look at that. That's giving in faith. That woman gave all that she had. She did that to honor my father. And that was the offering that was honored on that day. And meanwhile, the disciples were saying, but Lord, people are giving out of their abundance. Says, That's the point. They're just giving out of their abundance. But this woman gave all she had. She gave to honor her heavenly father. And she did so with a pure heart. So we need, get, we need to get back in this day, in this time, 
especially the year 2021, we need to live by faith. We need to trust God more than things. We need to get back to trusting God and His Word. And the way to do this is to once again embrace the disciplines of fellowshipping with Him and His Word. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 13 and 14 says this, In Him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. See, once they heard the word, it inspired them, it gave them faith, and they trusted in the Heavenly Father. They trusted in Jesus. And then it says, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of His purchased possession, to the praise of His glory. See, when we trusted in God's Word, we received Jesus, and then the Bible says when we believed in Him, we were sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. Once again, trusting God, trusting His Word, trusting His faithfulness. See, we trust God to the degree that we spend time with His Word. See, trust is confidence in the integrity of God to keep His Word. See, this is the key. When we have faith in Him, we're trusting His integrity. See, faith is not something um, that, you know, you can't touch or you can't feel. No, Tr uh, faith is confidence. But faith is confidence in God and His ability, in His integrity, in His faithfulness. When I trust God, I'm placing more value on His plan than on my own plans. I'm trusting God more of, in terms of his faithfulness, in his faithfulness to honor his word, than circumstances and situations. He becomes my source. What would you rather have? Would you rather have a pitcher full of water? Let's say you were in the wilderness somewhere, and you were in a, a, a teepee, and all you had was a pitcher of water? Or would you rather be next to a stream of water? What would you rather trust? Well, there's so many people trusting in their TP and entrusting in their little pitcher. But yet, when we have faith in God, we take the limits off of our circumstances and situations, and we're putting them in the river. We're putting them in the stream that is right next to us. We're putting them in the unlimited resources of Almighty God. That's what faith is, trusting in the supernatural. See, we, we see limited circumstances, limited situations, limited opportunities, limited finances limited health, limited friends, limited connections. But yet when we trust God, now God says, now I'll be your source, and I am unlimited. Oh, hallelujah. So we consider the first of the year, what we're doing is we're getting back to honoring God, to giving Him our best. And that term, first fruit, it encompasses that. It's basically the definition of something I give God that's my best. The first fruits offering, for example, was required by God in the Old Testament out of the first part of what the people produced. It was not an afterthought. It was not something that they thought after they took care of everything. No, it was brought before God as an act of worship. See, there was also a time of rejoicing and remembering the goodness of the Lord. See, so this offering indicated that his people recognized that God was the creator and provider. And in the New Testament, even though we don't have that commandment uh, to give a first fruit, um, uh, that we have to do it, now what we do is we do by faith. We give our offering, we give our tithe, we give our first fruit. 
because we're recognizing the principle that we're putting God first. And God is pleased when we do that, when we do that as an act of our worship, when we celebrate and rejoice the goodness of God, when we celebrate and rejoice on His provision. If you look at the principle, in the Old Testament, God always reserved the first part unto Himself. He, for example, the tree in the garden. He told Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve, don't touch that tree. It's mine. It belongs to me. Abel's offering was the better offering. Cain and Abel both offered offerings, but God only received Abel's offering because Abel gave him the best offering, the choicest offering. What about Abraham's son? God told Abraham, give me your son. Give me the best. I want the best from you. Wow. And, all, and, and um, Abraham was willing to give him his son because God was first. There was no discussion. There was no argument. He was ready to sacrifice his son. And then God says, no, don't do it. I was just testing your heart. And God tests our heart in this day to see where we're at. What do we trust more? Do we trust people more? Do we trust finance more? Do we trust our job more? Or do we trust God more? This is a year where we have to trust God. This is a year to live by faith. We're going to see a lot of inconsistencies, a lot of issues, a lot of problems, a lot of circumstances, a lot of things in flux. But one thing remains stable and constant and strong is God. And when we're anchored to Jesus, when we're anchored to His Word, no matter what happens around us, we are solid in our faith. And God provides for all of our need according to His riches and glory through Christ Jesus our Lord. God meets all of our need. God helps us. God's presence is always with us. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. What about Jericho? When the people of God first came into their promised land, God says, all that land will be yours, but give me Jericho. I want Jericho. That belongs to me. They were not able to touch anything that came from Jericho. That was a sacrifice unto God. That was the first fruit. What about a Re uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10? It says, Honor the Lord with your first fruits. See, um, we have to honor God. And it's not that He needs it, He's testing our heart. Because the first fruit doesn't go to heaven, it stays in the earth realm. Our offerings, our tithes stay in the earth realm. Our actions are for here, it's not for heaven. But God sees the way we treat these mundane things. And when our heart is in the right place, then He says, now I have somebody I can trust. Now I have somebody I can bless. Now I have somebody that I can work through. Wasn't it Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, that said, Seek the kingdom of God and its righteousness first, and the rest shall be added unto you. So the significance of the first fruit principle is that we're putting God first. We're putting Him first, not second, not third. We're putting Him first. See, it says that we must seek the kingdom of God first. He desires to fill our barns, but this is the process in which that He activates the blessing. See, He's the one that told us that. It's not us. It's not our plan. It's not our strategy. It's God's plan. He said when we put Him first, He's the one that will fill our barns. He's the one that will bless us to overflow. He'll fill our vats with new wine. But God wants to be first in your life. In the same way He gave Jesus to us the best, He gave us the best that He had, in the same way He wants to be number one in our lives. And why do we need to, do, to know this? Well, John 8, 31, 32 says, The truth shall set you free. And too many uh, in this day, they put um, visa first. They put their 
own plans first. They put their friends first, their husband, their wife first, uh, their supervisor first. But God wants to be first. When He's first, we become His covenant people, and all of His provision becomes provision for us. His wisdom, His grace, His favor flows to us because He can trust us. Also, we're commanded to teach uh, those that have resources, even millionaires. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19, it talks about that, that we are supposed to honor God and be generous in good works, generous with our time, our talent, and treasure. God is the perfect giver, and He gives good gifts. He gives good gifts to those who also give. He, give good, he gives good gifts to His children, those that trust Him, those that put Him first. Also, God gives us the power to acquire resources and wealth. Why? For His purposes, so that the gospel can be preached, so that we can be uh, effective influencers, inf effective mentors and teachers and ministers for His purposes, so that others can also be blessed. He wants resources to flow through us. He wants His wisdom to flow through us. He wants His power to flow through us. See, when He made man, He made man responsible in this earth realm. He says, you are my ambassador. And an ambassador, interestingly enough, doesn't come to a nation, another nation to change the nation. He comes to another nation to represent His King, to represent His President, to represent His nation. So we as ambassadors of the kingdom of God represent Christ to a lost and dying nation. And so he gives us abundance so that we could share his love with others. And as you know, there's a lot of controversy and hypocrisy when it comes to giving in God's kingdom or serving in God's kingdom. See, our society doesn't care if we give money to save the whales, right? Our society, they applaud us. If we give money uh, for different endeavors, like different sicknesses, right? They, of course, and, and it's good. But it's interesting that when we give a dime to the kingdom of God, oh, those people always asking for money. Or when we give time to the church, oh, you're always in that church. Why don't you do something for yourself? It's an interesting, there's a hypocrisy there. And yet people spend all of their lives in, in the things that they like, and the things that they appreciate. And some of the things that people get involved in, you can look and you wonder, so what in the world? Why are you spending so much time in that? That sounds so unimportant. But yet people do. They give their lives for things that are not eternal. But yet, when you decide to give God first place in your life, many people will criticize you. But yet, when it comes to the kingdom of God, it's God's will for us to experience increase you could see that in Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 22, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. You could see that in Psalms chapter 112, that God desires to increase and bless His people. So that when the world looks at His people, they could say, wow, they are blessed. What do they have that I don't have? And not only that, when they come to us, then we share our generosity with them. We share our love with them. We share the generosity of the grace of God, of the goodness of God. And then they get to see Jesus through the church. We represent Jesus well. Also, great power and influence is released when we target our seeds correctly, when we, when we sow uh, effective seeds, when we sow time, talent, and treasure the way God tells us to do so. It yields specific results. 
Like, for example, the Bible says when we give to the poor, we lend to the Lord, and the Lord repays. Also, in this last day, listen, the, the, the gospel has to be preached. Bibles have to be purchased. People need to be sent out. We, we need to have volunteers in different areas, in community. Who's going to feed the poor? So God is positioning us in key places, with key resources for this end-time harvest. The year 2021, we're going to see a lot of people with fear, uh, people afraid of their future, not knowing what's going to happen. And God's positioning us, and He's giving us resources and relationships to be able to be that blessing, according to Matthew 28, 19. Go into all the world and preach the gospel and disciple the nations. Also, when we put them first, it's a part of our worship because we're acknowledging God as Almighty God. It's also an acknowledgement and recognition that He is the Lord and that He is truly our provider. And then also, it's God's way of getting His blessings to us. When He can trust us, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. Is that an interesting? It says, if you give, it will be given unto you. So in other words, we take the first step and give what we have in our hand, and give in terms of our time, talent, and treasure. And then that literally creates the cycle of return to us. That's a principle that's very much misunderstood. God is the owner of all the gold and the silver, but in this earth realm, we're the ones that are responsible because He made us responsible. We are His ambassadors. We are uh, His stewards. We manage the resources in this land. So when we cor correctly steward them, then God uses us as a conduit of blessing to others, that we would reflect His love. There are different kinds of offerings and resources that we see in this earth realm. First and foremost, we have the tithe, and the tithe, for example, when we release the tithe, the Bible says that God rebukes the devourer. God opens up the windows of heaven for us. So you see, for that kind of giving, there is a response. Also in ministry, when we minister, there is, uh, 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 there is resources that are given back to us. Philippians chapter 4, verse 15, God provides for all of our need according to His riches and glory through Christ Jesus our Lord. See, we might have a lot, we might have a little, but God is the one that provides our need. He's the one that meets our need. When we give to the poor, Proverbs 19 and 17, it says the Lord pays back. And also the first fruit in Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10. When we give God the first fruit, He is the one that blesses us. He's the one that uh, blesses our vats with new wine. He's the one that gives us the corresponding provision to be able to provide for our families. When we give a vow, uh, and we promise and we give a vow, God blesses us and He prospers us. When we give to missions, Mark chapter 10, verse 30, there is a blessing uh, that's encompassed in that particular um, gift also. So for different things that we do, when we give our time, you know, God blesses us with others that would work with us. In everything that we do, God sees. And when we give it with a pure heart, and when we serve in the kingdom of God with a pure heart, because we love God and we put Him first, He's the one that blesses us with more provision, with, with life, with health. He's the one that helps us. Why? Because we are in the correct posture. We are in sync with Almighty God. God is pleased when we obey His Word. In 1 Samuel 15, verse 22 and 23, it says, So Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? 
Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than that of the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as the iniquity is, is as iniquity and idolatry. When we rebel and do whatever we please and refuse to obey God and work with God, it's almost as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. But when we obey God, we obey God's word, it pleases his heart. So consider that what we do. Although there is sacrifice when we decide to obey God and go beyond our comfort level, think about it. Sacrificing in and of itself is not what God is looking for. He is seeking hearts that truly love him. See, it's that very community that God will bestow his grace to and partner with. In Hebrews 11.6, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. See, he's a rewarder. God loves to bless his people. When we are faithful to him, he loves to reward his people. We can never outgive God. See, and then it says, apart from faith, it's impossible to please God. For it behooveth him who is coming to God to believe that he is and to those seeking him. Because he becomes a rewarder. That's the Young's literal translation. He becomes a rewarder. So when we consider a first fruit, it's not the whole thing, it's a portion. But basically it represents the whole. In Ezekiel, I'm sorry, yeah, in Exodus, Exodus um, chapter 23, verse 19, it says, As you reap each of your crops, bring me the choicest sample of the first day's harvest. It shall be offered to the Lord your God. See, it's just a sampling of the whole. Ezekiel 22, I'm sorry, 23, 19. See, so when should we give our first fruit offering? Well, the Bible says in Ephesians 1.13, In him we also trusted after we heard the word of truth, the gospel of our salvation. See, so we give when we come to the knowledge of the revelation. See, we didn't understand that before, so we didn't give. But now that we, now that we understand the principles, we give in faith. We give in recognition that he is almighty god we give our time we give our talent we give our treasure knowing that it pleases him we came to the knowledge of that revelation once we heard the word of god that's when we give our first fruit why because now we know how to do so we know the blessing that it brings upon our house we we we, we see the blessing that it gives to our community so how can we give a, a first fruit uh well there's, there's different types of first fruit, but today we're talking about as a church family coming together and we release a, a special gift in the presence of God in recognition that He is number one in our lives. In recognition, this is the beginning of the year. So we're going to start this year out right. We give Him the best time, the choicest time. We give Him daily prayer. We give Him daily uh, a study of Scripture, daily meditation, spending daily time with Him. And we give Him a first fruit offering as a congregation. Today, uh, we do so as a congregation in faith. Psalms 22, verse 25, it says, Yes, I will stand and praise you before all the people. I will publicly fulfill my vows in the presence of all those who reverence your name. We're doing this together as a church family. 
I know that we're not in the physical locale, but we are in the virtual sanctuary, which means we are together. And in truth, the church is not the building. The church is you and me. We are the body of Christ. We're doing so together. And we bring it to the altar. We bring it before the Lord. Even though we cannot be at the physical altar, right there in your home, you can get together with your wife, with your children, with your husband, with your mom, your dad, whoever you're with. Together, you can bring a special offering before the Lord and say, Lord, this is our first fruit offering. We don't know what it is because every person will decide that in their hearts. It could be a dollar. It could be a thousand dollars. It's depending how God prospered you. It's depending how um, or what God places in your heart. God will give you that amount. You, you pray for it and God will give that to you and you release that before the Lord. But it's not just an offering. It's the heart that you're bringing before God. It's just saying to the Lord, you are first. We declare that you are first in this day. You're, the, you're first in this year. The year 2021, we put you first place in our lives. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 26.4, The priest shall take the basket out of thine hand and set it, be, set it down before the altar of the Lord thy God. I can't do that physically this time around because of the virus and because of the pandemic and the rules and regulations that we are obeying as citizens. But right now, figuratively, I am saying, uh, Lord, we receive these special offerings as a congregation, uh, Lord God, and we bring it before you. My wife and I, we will bring our offering before the Lord, right in our home, right in our living room. And we'll acknowledge God as being our provider. And we'll bring our hearts before the Lord. And we are to worship God publicly. So we're doing, doing this together as a church family. Deuteronomy 26, verse 10 and 11, it says, uh, Now behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land, which thou, O Lord, hast given me. And thou shalt set it before the Lord thy God, and worship before the Lord thy God. Isn't it interesting? We could take tangible things and allow that to be a part of our worship before God. Why? Because he's the one that provided these resources in the first place. And we acknowledge that when we acknowledge that he's the one that gave us these resources, and we take a portion, the best portion, the choicest portion, and we say, Lord, this is yours. Not an afterthought, but saying, God, I recognize that you're the one that provided for all of our needs. So we thank you. We lay it at your altar. Also, we're to celebrate. We're to celebrate God's goodness with those who fear the Lord. In Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 11, he says, Afterwards, go and feast on all the good things he has given you. Celebrate with your family and with any Levites or migrants living among you. See, we are to celebrate God's goodness. And I know that this season has been a season where so many have spent so much time uh, with sadness, despair, worry, and concern, fears. This is a time to celebrate because God is still on his throne. God is for you. He's on your behalf. He is with you. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. His promises for us are eternal, are yea and amen. So today we are to celebrate. We're to celebrate His goodness. We're to celebrate His kindness. We're to celebrate His love. We're to celebrate His kindness in the land of the living. Hallelujah. Let's all celebrate together. So as I conclude this short thought, um, this is the year to determine to get back to putting God first in every area of your life. So as a reminder, we are to seek the kingdom of God first. As a reminder, we're to worship God with our time, our talent, and treasure each and every day. 
as a reminder, we're to uh, understand that God trusts us. So he gave us awesome gifts. He gave us seed in our hands. He gave us time, talent, and treasure as a seed. And he gave us each unique responsibilities. All of us have giftings. All of us have something we can bring to the table. And the next thing to remember is that this is his plan. He's the one that established the tithe, the offering, the first fruit. He's the one that established missions. He's the one that established uh, the ministry to the poor. He's the one that did that. So when we operate in his plan and partner with him, it blesses his heart. It pleases his heart. And then we become resources and conduits of blessing for others. And remember, he only accepts offerings and obedience that is done with all of our hearts and in love. Because he doesn't need it in the, in, in the heavenly uh, realm. He doesn't need that. Actually, gold and silver in heaven is just pavement. It's street. Streets of gold. Doors made out of gold and, and silver and precious stones and jewels. My God, he doesn't need it. He, he doesn't need what we have in this earth realm. But basically, he looks how we treat the resources he places in our hands, how we bless others with it, and it pleases his heart. So the first fruit offering and the mindset allows us to receive the blessing of God in Ezekiel uh, 44, 30. It says when we release the first fruit, it says that he will cause a blessing to come upon our household. And Proverbs chapter 3, he says he fills our barns when we release the first fruit. And he fills our vats with new wine. So put the Lord first in, in your life. Put the Lord first in every aspect of your life. If you haven't received Jesus yet, he's the first fruit. When we receive Jesus in our life, he saves us, he redeems us. And then the other thing he does, he actually adopts us into his family. Wow, we become sons and daughters of Almighty God because of the sacrifice of Jesus. See, allow Jesus to destroy the works of the enemy in your life, in your family, and in your future. There are things the enemy has done against you to destroy your future, to destroy your lineage, to destroy your legacy. But put him first. If you have put God second or third or fourth in this season, get back to putting him first. Remember he said you've left your first love? Make him your first love once again. He says repent and do the first works. What were the first works? Remember when you were passionate for God? Remember when all you cared about is to please him? Get back to that. Let's make sure he is first in our lives in this year, the year 2021. Let it be the year where God is first in every area of our lives. Bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you this moment. And this moment, we praise you. We glorify your name. We thank you, Father, that you love us. We thank you that you've provided for all of our need according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you for giving us the first fruit, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you that through him we're saved and we're set free. Thank you for your eternal love. We're so grateful to you. I pray you bless your people now as they hear this message, my God. Um, I just pray that all those that um, have been challenged and touched in the heart, uh, Lord God, by this message, I pray that you would draw them back in, that you would once again be first in their lives, my God. And we give you the praise for it. And thank you for meeting all of our need according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen and amen. Praise God. 
So for those of you that are ready to uh, re release the first fruit, I'm going to ask that you get together with your family right now. And I, as I get ready to finish the service, let it not finish in your home. I want you to continue. I want you to get your family together and just release that first fruit offering before the Lord. Remember, you're doing it as unto Him. I don't have to see you. My wife and I, we will do that also. And together as a church family, we can do that. And at the same time, you bring your heart and you say, Lord, you're first. I declare and decree that you're first in my life. Hallelujah. Praise God. And um, as we uh, receive the, the offering and the first fruit this time around, um, we can't do it at the church sanctuary, so we'll be doing that through our website. So go to calvaryny.org, calvaryny.org, forward slash give, forward slash give, and there you release your offering. And uh, we'll receive it right away. But the most important thing is that the Almighty God will see your offering. He'll see your heart. He'll see the way you bring it before Him in humility, in total dependence, knowing that He is our provider. That breaks the spirit of greed. That once again brings us back in sync with God's plan. See, that we are citizens of the kingdom of God. And all the resources in this earth realm, our time, our talent, our treasure, is to be used on our assignment, our assignment of preaching the gospel, of discipling the nations, those that God places in our care, of discipling our neighbors, loving them, feeding the poor, and whatever, whatever else God will place in our care in this year. We do so as a family. Hallelujah. Amen. And before um, I let you go, I want to remind you, Tuesdays um, we are gathering together. It's live via Zoom. In case you want to be part of the live service at 7.30 on Tuesdays, just call the office, 718-829-5306. Or you could send me an email, and I'll send you the link. We don't put the link publicly because some people don't respect it, and they'll come in and do stupid things, so we don't do that. Uh, but you can call our office, or you could send me an email, pastorvictor at calvaryny.org. Pastorvictor at calvaryny.org, and I'll send you the link. And if anybody uh, wants to um, get more information, um, maybe some biblical studies, wants some discipleship, um, just feel free to send us an email. I want you to go right now uh, to the chat room and give us your email. Let us know if you prayed for God to come into your heart, and we will send you materials. We'll send you discipleship materials, all right? And in case you want to be a Calvary Christian Fellowship member, whether you um, are in New York City or whether you belong to another part of the United States or even any part of the world, you want to be a part of our online church, you could also do so. Just let us know. Go to the chat room right now and let us know you're interested in becoming a member, and we will bless you. Uh, I will bless you with materials. We'll get you involved in everything we do because we always meet via Zoom and via live streaming and in other areas. There are things we're going to be doing, exciting things throughout the years. The Lord permits and gives life and health. We'll do some conferences, prayer events, gatherings like we do every Tuesday at 7.30. We also gather Wednesdays for prayer at 7.30. We also do that through Zoom. Uh, uh, Pastor Gwen meets with the ladies on Thursdays. You could get information from the office uh, regarding that. And Fridays, we also have uh, a service, and it's great to be able to uh, be part of any one of these services. Some of us want to be live in that service. You can. Tuesdays at 7.30, Wednesdays at 7.30, and also Friday at 7.30. And then, of course, Sundays at 11 in the morning. 
Well, praise God. God bless you all. <clears throat> Have a wonderful and blessed week. Let me pray for you as I dismiss you. Father, we thank you that your presence is with us. Thank you that throughout this service, your presence has been given us wisdom, understanding. Thank you for your healing anointing. I pray for your healing anointing right now upon your people, Lord, upon their family members, uh, Lord, and all those that they would pray over. I pray your anointing will flow like rivers of living water. And may people be saved, healed, set free, encouraged, delivered, uplifted, and restored as your people share their time, their talent, and their treasure with others. Hallelujah. So, Father, we dismiss from this service, giving you all the glory, the honor, and the praise in the awesome and majestic name of our Lord of Lords, King of Kings, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Remember, you're blessed and you are highly favored. So, this week, Go be that blessing that God has called you to be, whether at work, at home, in your community, wherever you are, God's Spirit is in you. So go be that blessing that God has called you to be. God bless. Have a wonderful and blessed and prosperous week.